Hey family, if you are an educator, a teacher, a principal, an education consultant, I have something so special that you cannot find anywhere else that is coming to your phone, your iPad, your desktop. I am bringing together my squad. I'm bringing together my team. I'm bringing together some folks who you can identify with because they were in the classroom in schools and education organizations just like you and now they are running six and seven figure education consulting businesses. I am Dr. Erica Jordan Thomas and welcome to the Seven Figure Educator Podcast. Most people aren't thinking about branding that way. Mm. Like how does your branding, I heard you say two things. How does your branding call in your people Mm -hmm. but also propel who, who are not your people? Right. And like and I think what's so sophisticated about what you've done is you've been able to do that with a level of clarity, conciseness and simplicity. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's where so many people go wrong in their branding is they make it overly complicated where it's like, I don't understand what that means. Mm -hmm. Or like they are they're still trying to play it safe. So because of that, your people don't know that they're your people. Yeah. Yep. And so, like, I think what you've built from a branding standpoint is such a beautiful case study for, like, the the core tenets of branding. And what I appreciated what you said, too, was like, look, I used the resources that I had to make this happen, make this happen and and execute because so many people get caught up in. I need to get this. I need to buy that. I need this software. And it's just mm-hmm. like, just go, just, just go. go, just go. Um, I'm trying not to stay too long on this nugget that you said of like, once you start popping the way folks, all of a sudden you ain't never heard of or know, just start sliding in <laughs> of like wanting to partner. Yeah. How do you think about partnerships and has that evolved? Because I imagine, and I at least think for me, because my business has grown, mm-hmm. I'm realizing Oh, I got more shit to lose. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And because I got more ish to lose, I just can't be out here partnering with any and everybody. So given yeah. the brand that you've established, how do you think about partnerships? I can't just be out here willy nilly with everybody. Right. Like that, that's that's what what I have to I have to discriminate. I have to protect my brand. I have to protect myself. And so what I know on one hand that I cannot do what I need to do by myself. So partnerships are absolutely essential, but I also need a level of competence with that. Mm-hmm. So no disrespect, but you kind of sliding and saying, hey, we could do this and showing a mock-up of a mug and that's not what you do. You, you know what right. I'm saying? Right. Like that's not what you do. Right. You just had the idea. That's not helping me. Right. I, there are people that, you know, will try to, what's the, what's the nice way to say this? Like, Dovetail off of your success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's cool because I know like, for, for example, when I was in college, one of kind of the, the poems that I learned in my frat was that, you know, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. Mm. And so on one hand, I know that I'm not where I want to be. However, I'm further than some other people and I have a responsibility Mm-hmm. to help others. Mm-hmm. However, I have to make, I have to judge with a certain level of competence and a certain level of risk assessment to mm. see, all right, how is this going to be mutually beneficial? I see, for example, a couple of the people that I look up to and that mentor me, they see 
that, all right, I've already gotten a certain place by myself. I've already put in a certain level mm -hmm. of effort and I've already gotten a certain level of results. If I just help him with this, this, and that, it'll propel him even mm -hmm. further. So I already came with mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Like that's one of the biggest differences. Mm -hmm. And so those collaborations are definitely important and they're de definitely necessary to have. And I have a responsibility and an obligation to help somebody who, especially people that look like us, However, there are certain things I, I know that I can't help everybody and everybody is not ready for, for mm. help at the same time. Mm. Mm. That's so good because I think one of the things to, I love the word that you said of risk assessment. Yeah. Because that, I feel like so many people are missing that level of, of thoughtfulness and intentionality. And I think us as educators, we get it because the work that we do we are responsible for the livelihood and safety of kids. And so like when you put it in that standpoint, it's like, is it just anybody going to cover your class? Correct. Like we bring it just anybody on a field trip. Like exactly. we ain't doing no background check. Like what? <laughs> and like, it's, you have to approach that your, your business with that same level of intentionality of who you're partnering with to the point where now that, I've grown to a seven-figure business. I got ish to lose. I realized I can't partner with solopreneurs anymore. Yeah. And even though I want to, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want to be able to s support your business, but realizing that the the level of even if I were to hire a graphic designer, I need more than three social media posts a week. <laughs> like that, the the amount of work yeah. that I am bringing to your business because we have a marketing engine that's engine. rolling and yes. happening. Mm -hmm. It is too much work for a solopreneur that has other clients. Right. And so because of that, now my risk assessment is if you ain't got no team, you risky. Mm -hmm. Right. Because now you getting ready to be a bottleneck in my business. And this has happened before where you just can't keep up with your other clients plus me because we have so much work that we're sending to you. So I love that language. And I think that's a total gem for our folks who are listening. So you are going to have to give up whatever definition you have on how you define a problem in your business. When you are moving to seven figures, the big problems actually have to become small problems because you're taking up more space, because you are now more visible than ever before, you are gonna have a hater. You are gonna have a naysayer. Because according to French Montana, if you ain't got a hater, then you ain't popping, right? And so a part of your journey to seven figures is recognizing that with more increase, comes more things that you're going to have to hold, more things that you're going to have to manage. And that shouldn't discourage you from the journey, but if you expect it when it happens, it positions you to better manage it. So part of the journey to seven figures is actually redefining what a big problem is. Because what used to be a big problem at six figures, actually now at seven figures, is a small problem. Let me give you a quick example. As I've grown my business to the seven-figure mark, I have had more people have more opinions about my business. I've had more naysayers. I've had more people attempt to copy me in my business. And the first time that it happened, honestly, it felt very overwhelming, right? Because it felt like a betrayal almost. And th these aren't people that I necessarily knew, but it felt personal, and a part of me shifting my mindset and a part of me continuing to go and press forward as I'm growing my business to and through the seven figure mark is I have to accept that that is what comes with playing big.
that actually, if everybody agrees with me, I'm not playing big enough. If others don't feel inclined to copy me, then I haven't solidified my position in the marketplace, right? So a part of your growing to seven figures is making a big problem actually a small problem. Think about Nike. Consider how many legally things that they have to deal with. I feel like every time I open up my social media feed, I see another trademark infringement suit, right? Because folks are constantly copying Nike and that's just a part of the game. So part of your journey to seven figures is redefining a problem and making the big problems small problems. Talk to us a little bit around the relationship between entrepreneurship and your faith and spirituality. Yeah, I personally believe that it's non-negotiable. I know, I forget the lady's name, Fanny Lou Hamer, I think mm -hmm. was her name, said we need to separate church and state. She's a lie. She's a lie. Our money says in God we trust. Our politicians end every speech with God bless America. And so in my own journey, I've always been a God girl. And I also always separated the two, but I felt inauthentic. Authenticity is a big deal now, right? I started to feel really inauthentic and it just wasn't working. And so I made a decision that if I was going to do this work and I was going to do it well, then all of Darnielle Antoinette had to come to the party. And that meant Jesus was coming too, because I'm a God girl. And by taking that bold stand, and deciding that I was going to figure out how to merge the two, not just for myself, but for others, I received a prophetic confirmation that that was what God really wanted to use me to do, that I had the influence, but more importantly, I had the results, right? You know, we transitioned, we rebranded to move to millions two years ago, but we've been moving people to millions since I've been in the game. It just wasn't our focal point. And the secret sauce really for me is that spiritual foundation Businesses with a spiritual foundation go farther faster. And when you can understand the key concepts of surrender, obedience, alignment, and forgiveness, and you pair that with business growth strategy, the result is definitely making, moving, and leaving millions. Oh, so you said forgiveness, which that's what stuck out to me. And I don't mm -hmm. know if I'm projecting, but <laughs> you said forgiveness and I've been in rooms where you've had this conversation mm -hmm. and would love for you just to unpack, like, what does forgiveness look like as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur? Yeah. So first and foremost, let me say this. Forgiveness is for you. It is not for them. I believe that most of the people who wronged us don't even realize that they wronged us. And we are holding and harboring what it is that they've done and they're off living their best life. And so forgiveness is to release you from the obligation to continue to be hurt by the thing that someone else did. So what does this look like in entrepreneurship? Let's make it about a client, right? Many of you have had a client who stopped paying you, started ghosting you and joined someone else's program. I certainly have. We're not going to turn this episode into that. And when you know you showed up fully, I'm making it about myself. When I know I showed up fully for a client to produce an environment for them to receive the result and they give me their, can I say S? Oh, of course. And they give me their ass to kiss. I want to get out my Vaseline <laughs> and act out of my character. What I do instead is I recognize that my ability to experience and live my best life and have wealth has nothing to do with the individual and whether they pay me. 
It has everything to do with my decision to follow my creator and to operate in a manner that he would always be pleased in. And so forgiveness is releasing them from the obligation to repay their debt and recognizing that in so doing, I create an opportunity for more to come into my life, typically way more than they owed me and in, in a way that serves and supports who I am in this season and allows me to continue moving forward. I'm going to make it spiritual for those of you who need that. And so I'm going to tell this quick biblical story. In Mark chapter 11, starting at verse 20, Jesus and the disciples are walking to Bethany. Jesus is hungry, so he wants a fig newton. He sees the fig tree. Oh, this is the Darnell version of the Bible, by the way. <laughs> he sees the fig tree. He goes over. It's not producing fruit. He gets mad and he curses the tree. They continue walking to Bethany. The following day, they're returning from Bethany, going back to the city, and the disciples are blown away that the fig tree is actually dead. Jesus sees that as a teachable moment. And so he stops what he's doing. He turns to them and he says, you can say to any mountain move, and it will if you do four things. If you believe, if you don't doubt it, you speak over it and you forgive. Wait a minute. So you mean to tell me that my ability to have everything I want in my life experience hinges on my ability to forgive. And for entrepreneurs, it starts with yourself. Because yes, you joined that coaching program and you had the best of intentions to show up fully and to get the result. And then life happened to you or someone pissed you off and you did not do the work. It, it Forgive yourself. I believe that at any point in time, we do the best that we can did with what we had in that moment. And when we release ourselves of the obligation of being held to the mistake that we made, we open up abundance. This is what God promises us in his word. And so by taking principles like surrender, alignment, forgiveness, obedience, and indoctrinating them into marketing and messaging and profiting and packaging and positioning, we open up a wellspring for our clients so that they can actually see that it ain't the strategy that makes the difference. It is actually the surrender. What are one to two infrastructure pieces that when you cross the seven figure mark, you were like, this is something that is now a non-negotiable, but it's something that a lot of people aren't talking about. I would say three. Number one is financial infrastructure. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Mm, let's talk about it. Because financial infrastructure is cute, but if you got no P&L statement, you don't know what it says. Listen, that financial infrastructure. And I would even go so far as to say not even doing your numbers yourself. Get out of that accounting software. You need a CFO at that point. You need somebody to balance your books for you. You need a financial advisor and a tax strategist. Oh, girl, they ain't all ready for three. this. Mm. All three. Because you need someone that's going to show you how to make your money make more money, which is where the financial advisor comes in at. You need somebody that's going to help you reduce your tax liability which is where the tax advisor, the tax strategist is going to come in at. And you need someone that you can speak to uh, multiple times per week. I mean, not per week, per month about what you have coming in, what you have going out, what you might need to increase, what you might need to de decrease, and to make sure that you're keeping an accurate log of all of your numbers and expenditures. So... It's important to for people to understand that, yes, we made seven figures in our business, but we still have to pay ourselves a salary. So the seven figures goes into the business, but then you become when even 
um, where we are, an employee of the business, and eventually we'll hire a CEO to take our position so they can do the day-to-day running of the company while we still own it, you know? And even doing holding companies where and all that, mm-hmm. this, the whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. But financial infrastructure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Learning how to understand tax laws and this, that, and the other. So, yes, financial. Number two is automation. You're going to have to get your systems in place because you might be able to get to, I know high ticket coaches that have gotten or consultants that have gotten to 400 K with no systems in place, mm-hmm. but they're not going to be able to get past that by themselves. Mm-hmm. So you need certain things like the processes uh, or the procedures that you do every single day, or they are done on a routine basis. They need to be automated. They need to be documented so that someone else can come and do them. And they also need to be automated as much as possible. Okay. And you also need team. You can't do it by yourself. So you're going to have to either learn how to start hiring or hire someone to hire someone that, uh, uh, an HR consultant to hire for you. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that gets a lot of new entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when you say team, do you mean contractors or employees? No, you would need. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, at this point, I use a blend of employees and contractors. Mm-hmm. But what I'm seeing now is that really you need to go towards all employees, mm-hmm. you know, because even with contractors, you might pay a contractor an amount, to certain things, a uh, certain amount to do this, another one a certain amount to do that. But if if you can have an employee that has those skill sets, and that way you don't have to be all over the place, you know. But I don't, I I still I don't have any problem with contractors though. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, if you can find some dedicated ones and they do good work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But you can't when you get to a certain level in business, you can't and should not have a full team of contractors. You at least need one or two solid employees. 